witness a little bit to the lady at the cashier, a little bit older woman, very nice, and I said, um, the word apostolic came up, and, and so she looked at the, the young lady that was bagging, and the young lady that was bagging said, apostolic, she said, that's what we are, aren't we? Well, you know, it's like going in and buying that Ferrari, you know, or that Rolls Royce. If you have to ask how much it costs, you can't afford it. So when it comes to apostolic, if you have to ask, are we that, then you're probably not. So I want you to know what apostolic means. Okay, I want you to understand that from the Bible, from the Word of God. Apostolic, what it means. What it means to say, I am an apostolic. Acts 2.42 in your Bible. Now the book of Acts, this is the book that gives to you the history of the church that Jesus started. It gives you its birth and then its growth and continuation. And there is no amen at the end of the book of Acts. The church goes on. And it will go on until Jesus takes the church out of the earth in what's known as the first resurrection. And blessed and holy is he to have part in that. All right. So Acts 2.42, they that is, the church continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Hence the word apostolic, meaning of the apostles. So, if we're going to say and use the word apostolic, then that means that we're going to be preaching, teaching, instructing, and believing what the apostles preached, taught, believed. Okay? It's going to be the same thing. We're not going to change it. We're not going to be changing anything. Now let's go a little further here. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 2. In your Bible, this is the first time that the word is used. Now the names of the 12 apostles are these. This is the first time that the word apostle is introduced in your Bible. Matthew 10 and 2. Luke 16 and 3, And of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. Jesus called them apostles. He's the one that used that word, introduced that word. The word actually means an apostle in, I could give you a larger definition, but to give you just something concise right now, means special messenger. All right, a special messenger. So the names of the 12 apostles are these. Then Luke's account said of them, he chose 12 from among them, and whom he also called apostles. Okay? Now in Acts chapter 1, once again, this is the book that gives to you the, the history of the birth of the congregation or the church that Jesus started. Remember, please always remember, that the church is not the, the, the block and the mortar or the roof and the shingle, but the church is made up of people who have come out of darkness into marvelous light. They become the congregation, the mighty congregation of Jesus Christ. Okay? That's what the word church means. It means a called out ones, called out of the world, called out of darkness into marvelous light, if you please. 
So Acts 1 and 1, I'm going to turn there. In your lesson, I'm, of course, just giving you a portion, and I think you understand that's because of space and also maybe a little time. So I give to you the pertinent part of the verse in subject matter that we're dealing with. I'm not uh, trying to omit something for any uh, reason that would be dishonest at all. Um, you're more than welcome to read the whole verses, okay? and I, w I encourage you to do so. But for the lesson's sake, we give you a portion, the pertinent, the most important part that we're dealing with subject matter. Acts 1 and 1, the former treatise, have I made, O Theophilus. Now, Theophilus was a brother, okay? Of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. So he's saying, I put together this narrative, or I put together this history, that which I'm writing to you, O Theophilus, okay? And by the way, the, the literal meaning of the name Theophilus is friend of God. So he, this, man was, this man was named to mean friend of God, and evidently he grew up into his name. And here uh, Luke is pretty much believed to be the writer that God used, the person that God used to give to us the account of Luke, the gospel, and also the book of Acts. And he writes here, this former narrative or treatise, have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Verse 2, until the day in which he, that is the flesh, the body of Jesus Christ, known as the Son of God. That's the body. When you talk about the Son of the Spirit, you're talking about the flesh. You're talking about the body. You're talking about what gave its life on the cross. All right? You're not talking about what's in the body. If you want to talk about what was in there, then you're talking about the spirit. Because in him, in that body, dwelled the fullness of the very God bodily. And I think I've explained to you before, but it bears saying again, that we, in receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, we receive the spirit by measure. But in him, he was not given the spirit by measure, the Son of God that flesh, that man, Christ Jesus. that He was not given the Spirit by measure, but in him dwelled all the fullness of the very God bodily. As hence he said in one place, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. All right? So you want to always remember the key to understanding one God is Spirit in flesh. And then the Spirit withdrew from that flesh and showed you that it was weak and human. It died on the cross. But on the third day, the Spirit re-entered that flesh, glorified it, gave it a, an immortal body, and raised it up from the dead, showed it alive with many infallible proofs, and then that body glorified, ascended up into heaven. So you have one God, your Bible tells you, that manifest or showed himself clearly in the flesh. All right, everybody said praise the Lord. Okay, and there was example given to us. Jesus is our example. He came in fleshly form to be a human example to us. Okay, and in so doing, he showed us as the apostles asked him, said, increase our faith. Okay, and he began to talk to them, began to teach them, began to show them how that could be done. 
And so I, I'm saying to you that in the days of his flesh, God showing himself in the flesh, that flesh is an example to us who are also flesh. And he showed us how to do it right, how to say it right, how to think it right, and how to go about the business of the Spirit. Luke 2.49, when they had lost him and they didn't know where he was, and his mother and supposed father Joseph found him in the temple speaking to them and answering questions and asking questions, they told him, why have you dealt with us this way? We've been sorrowing after you for three days. Well, if you don't have Jesus in your midst, you're certainly going to be sorry. And so they, they realized that something was missing in their lives, and I better get back to what I, I left somewhere. And that's the real teaching. I don't mean to digress, but that's the real teaching of Hebrews, by the way, when it, when it talks to you about uh, the, the repentance here. We talked about the first principles of the doctrine of Christ, I believe, last week. And as you read on in that chapter, then you would read about, and it sounds like you do something you could never repent again, but that's not what he's saying. It's teaching you that the place you went out or where you left him and where you begin to go backwards and where you begin to leave him, that's where the place you have to come back at. And so they lost him in the temple and they went back and found him in the temple. And it seems funny that you would lose Jesus in the church house, doesn't it? But unfortunately, people sometimes don't take this congregating together and coming together seriously enough. And, and there's a tendency to take it for granted and to uh, begin to get your mind on other things. And first news you know, you've drifted away from Jesus. Remember, uh, Peter, in his time, he stood afar off, warming himself by the fire. But his speech betrayed him, and they, they knew by certain vocabulary and certain things that he said that the, the woman said, you're, you're one of them. And that's when he denied the Lord, not once but three times. Okay, So the point is, he stood afar off. You can get too far away, all right? And you can drift off on this thing, and you can be backing up on all the good things you're being taught. That's an Old Testament term. That's what you mean by backsliding or sliding backward. You ever time to try to climb up something that had a little incline to it, and it was wet and slippery, and you begin to slide back down? Well, that's, that's backsliding or sliding back. You're going back from things that you once believed, things that you were taught, things that you held to. Now you find yourself. So we don't want to back up, okay? We're not crawfish. We're not backing up. We don't want to have a reverse in our transmission. We want to have a go forward. Neither do we want to have go right or go left. We want to go forward. And everybody said praise the Lord. Okay, let me see if I can get back here where I belong. Okay, so of all, Acts 1 and 1, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, he's saying this is what I was inspired to do. I was inspired to start writing down, giving a history here, a narrative, a treatise of what is actually happening. And so he said, I'm, I'm bringing to you that which Jesus began both to do and teach. And notice he said now in verse 2 of this same chapter, and he said, until the day, I did this until the day which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, Jesus, through the Holy Ghost, that is, Jesus is not here in the flesh anymore, okay? He's not going to walk in here and, and look something like me or you and shake our hands, okay? That the flesh has been glorified and has ascended to heaven. And the heavens are going to retain him, the Scripture teaches in Acts 3 and 19 and through 21, going to retain him until the 
times of restitution are come. All right? So in the meanwhile, the heavens retain that glorified body. And through dying on the cross and rising again from the dead, he purchased for us the gift of the Holy Ghost, his spirit, a gift of his spirit. So we get a gift of his spirit. We get the spirit by measure. We don't get the spirit in fullness. We're not God. Okay? And when the Bible said, that it is not written that I said you are gods, that literally means judges, by the way. So don't get carried away. Don't think you're God. Okay? All right. You and I are not God. But we can have God in us. Okay? We can have the gift of the Holy Ghost. We can have enthusiasm, which is God in you. And we want that. Okay? All right. So until the day in which he was taken up. So the flesh is gone, glorified. And after that, after that took place, then it said he through the Holy Ghost, through the Spirit, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. So we're watching this progress here. Jesus is in the days of his flesh. By the way, he is the apostle, capital A, proper noun, okay? And high priest, the book said, of our profession, our faith, our beliefs. And so the scripture teaches that the time came when his earthly ministry would be done with as far as the flesh. So now it's over. He has ascended up into heaven, and he is now giving his commandments through the Holy Ghost, through his Spirit, okay? And that's why he said, he taught them during his earthly ministry that the Holy Ghost, which is the Comforter, that's going to be sent in my name, okay? He said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come unto you. And he further said that the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, all synonymous, said, now you see, you don't have three different individuals there. That's human thinking. You don't have three different persons there. You've got one God, okay, and he is showing you in creation that he fathered everything. And he's showing you in the flesh, known as the Son, that he has brought salvation, a way of escape, okay? And now he's showing you that I'm bringing my spirit to you, the same one God who is a spirit. I'm bringing my Holy Spirit to you through my church so that you can have my salvation and that you can be in the first resurrection and spend all of eternity with me in heaven. Okay? So, in so doing this, he's trying to show you and I that there is a means and there is a plan of salvation and that there's one God who that salvation belongs to. There is not three separate persons. The word persons is not in the Bible pertaining to the Godhead. Okay? There is no such thing as three separate, distinct, co-eternal, co-existent persons. Okay? Those terms are not in the Bible. Fasten your seatbelt. Neither is Trinity. It is not in the Bible. It is a man-made word. It is a man-made doctrine. And all the terms that they use to explain it are not in the Bible. None of them. Okay? But in your Bible, over and over and over and over again, is one God. Hear, O Israel. Hear, O church. The Lord our God is one. So you want to stay with the Bible. And you always built upon what you see there in the Bible and what you know. You build upon positive chapter and verse, subject matter. Okay? If some I had a 
Jewish man telling me all kinds of things. And one day, and he worked at a place, and he, I got to witness to him a little bit, and he, oh, he started telling me all of this stuff. And you take this letter, and you take this part of the Hebrew, and they come together, and they make a heart. And he's telling me it's talking about the love in your heart. And I said, and that's nothing but a bunch of commentary. And he started laughing. I said, that's not Bible. I said, because when the Bible talks about your heart, it's not talking about here. It's talking about here. It's talking about where you think from and where you have your emotions, where you feel from. Okay? So, you know, you, I don't care who you are. You start getting away from the book. You start getting away from terms of the Bible. And you start making up your own doctrines. Then that's when we're going to part. We're going to stay with the Word of God. Anything that goes against what I'm going to give you here as the teachings of Jesus Christ and his apostles, then you don't want anything to do with that, okay? I don't care what color the book is, red, purple, green, black, or blue. You stay with the word of God. You stay with chapter and verse. And if you're not sure of something, you go look in your Bible and you see if you can find it. And if you have trouble finding it, then that might send a red flag up for you. And if you have any more trouble, well, you come see me, and I'll help you out. All right? Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. So we're trying to see here that he fathered every, the one God fathered everything in creation, and then he came in the flesh, known as the Son, to have salvation. And then he poured out his Spirit and gives to us the gift of his Spirit in our hearts. Okay? have that gift by measure and that's during this time known as the church age because the church is still here that's also known as when the Bible said today is the day of salvation today is an overall term there and it means this period of time of grace in which we're living where God is still showing grace or favor still giving men and women an opportunity to have his salvation all right so this man is inspired to write of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. And after that, he threw the Holy Ghost. After he ascended up on high, he threw his spirit. Now, he's given commandments unto the apostles. So we know where they're getting it from. Okay? They didn't eat too many beans and have a bean drink. They didn't get it from somebody that just was out there on a street corner somewhere saying their thing. They no longer were a partaking of their former religious upbringing in their day, Pharisee or Sadducee or Herodian or scribe, some particular denomination and way of doing things. You know, the Pharisees, they believed in the angel and the spirit and the resurrection, but the Sadducees did not. That's why they're sad, you see. So we want to, we want to stay with the book, okay? Don't get me wrong. The Pharisees had things, other things wrong. What we want to stay with, though, is the word of God we want to know where it came from, how we got this. And that's why I'm bringing to you apostolic and what it means. It means of the apostles. Okay? So, here we go. Acts 1 and 2. After that, he threw the Holy Ghost and given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. And we read the verses showing you that he chose them and that he named them. Patrick. So, therefore, I'm reading to you now on your, pa on your paper. Therefore, the doctrine meaning doctrine, meaning teachings. I want to ask you to scrunch up a little bit. We've got some folks coming in. Sit a little close. Don't look back. Look at me. Hello. Ha, ha. Just scrunch up. Follow instructions here. Just scrunch up. Patrick will bring them in and we'll get everybody seated. We'll help out a little bit. Okay. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
much. Come right in. Don't be afraid. I don't bite. Okay. All right. Let me go on then. Therefore, the doctrine. The word doctrine means teachings, instruction, and beliefs. <clears throat> Plenty of seats here. Whatever they like. Okay. God bless you. We're glad you're here. You come right in. Hopefully, uh, yes, we'll get a handout. See if you can find a binder back there for from Sal or somebody. Okay. Doctrine. The word doctrine literally means teachings, instruction, and beliefs. Therefore, the doctrine of Jesus were given, the doctrines of Jesus were given, it's a doctrine actually, but it, it consists of many things, <clears throat> were given by instruction and teaching directly, okay, directly in his earthly ministry, in other words. This is what he did when he went about doing good healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the leper of the cancers, and bringing all the good word of God that he brought to everybody. He came as an example in the flesh. He, he came to condemn sin in the flesh. Okay? And so you want to understand his teachings. They said it in many places. They said, what, what doctrine is this that he's teaching? It's different to us. It's with power, and it's with authority. It's not just words. This Bible is not just paper and ink, but the Word is the Word of the Lord, okay? He is the King of kings, and where the Word of the King is, there is power. He came in the flesh, that babe was born king, because in that babe's flesh dwelled the fullness of the Spirit of the Lord, okay? And so when he gave the teaching, they came to him and said, Rabbi, Master, we know that thou art a teacher come from the Spirit. For no man can do the things that you do except the Spirit be with him. All right? Okay. So he began to give the doctrine, the teaching, the instruction, and the beliefs, the things that we're supposed to believe, okay? And these were of Jesus were given by instruction and teaching directly in his earthly ministry to the apostles. So Jesus gave it to the apostles is the link that I want you to make here. I want you to see this. To the apostles, and them, that is the apostles, after Jesus ascended. Now, if you look on your page, and you go right back to the verse above this, chapter 1 and verse 2 of the book of Acts, after that he, through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments unto the apostles. Okay? And now I'm telling you right here that he gave this doctrine, this teaching, directly to them. He spoke to them. He sat with them. He took them apart. He opened their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures, Luke 24 and 45 said. And so he did this during his earthly ministry. And then he gave it to the apostles, that is. And then the apostles, after that Jesus ascended, after that, okay, they continued to get it through the Spirit, and they gave it by the Holy Ghost, okay? He gave it to them by the Holy Ghost. Now I want you to look in your Bible, if you would, at Acts chapter 2. Going to look at chapter 2 and verse 1. Chapter 2 and verse 1. Now it starts off by saying, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. The word Pentecost literally means 50th. So it's telling you when the 50th day was come. The 50th, how did we get to 50? The 50th day after the Passover, which was a feast of the Old Testament. And it was, remember, you want to remember something. Jesus' 
earthly ministry was done under the time known as the law. So they were still living under Moses' law, which Jesus said he didn't come to destroy it, but he came to fulfill it. And in fulfilling it, then there was a disannulling of it, and there was actually an abolishing of it. Because the problem was these people were stuck on something that was actually a preview of what was to come. And the better thing that was to come was Jesus. Okay? And he brought grace because the law was what killed, but the Spirit is what gives life and gives it to you more abundantly. And they couldn't understand that everything that was shown in the Old Testament was a preview, a foreshowing, or a shadow and type of things to come. Well, the things to come had arrived. Jesus was born, and now he's in his earthly ministry, and now he's calling some out from among them and named them apostles, and he's teaching them, okay? And in teaching them, then they're going to then be empowered to go teach it to others. And this is what we want to look at in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost, so the 50th day after the Passover. So we've got two feasts mentioned here, we've, or at least inferred to. You've got the feast of the Passover, and that's when they would sacrifice the lamb, and they would eat the meal together, and they would sprinkle the blood. I'm sure you can understand all of that being a uh, shadow and a type, because Jesus was the lamb. That's his flesh. He was the lamb of the spirit, the lamb of God, okay? And he shed his blood on the cross. So it was trying to show you in the Old Testament that the death angel would not get them if they had the Passover or the passing over of the death angel if they got the blood on their doorpost because they had slain the lamb and they had sat down and ate the meal together to show what they were doing. So as you know, those that did not have that, that feast in their midst and that covenant with God, then they wound up having the firstborn in their home die, even Pharaoh, as you know. Okay, so this was all shadow and type. So here we are now. The lamb has given his life on the cross. He has shed his blood, all right? And he has appeared to them and showed them that he rose from the dead, and now he's ascended up into heaven, and now we're seeing the results of that because we're coming out of the law. We're transitioning out of the law, and we're passing into grace. It'd be like you leaving Florida and coming into Georgia or some other bordering state. You're leaving one thing and going to another, okay? And that's what happened. We trans we, we, that's why people, will, when they say to you, what about the thief on the cross? He wasn't baptized. He didn't get the Holy Ghost, but the thief on the cross died under the law, and under the law that was not required, okay? But you do not live under the law, thank God, okay? You live in grace, okay? So this is what Jesus made possible Right here is your full transition when the feast day came, the 50th day after the celebration of the Passover, that 50th day, Pentecost. If somebody says, what does Pentecost mean? You tell them it literally means 50th. And when that 50th day was fully come, then the Bible said they, now verse chapter 1 of the book of Acts, tells you who they were. Their number of their names was about 120, Peter, James, John, the rest of the apostles, Mary, the mother of the flesh, and the other devout women. They numbered about 120 of them, okay? There should have been above 500, but about 380 said, we're not going. We're going our own way, and lots of people still do that. 
I don't believe that. Read it right in the Bible. I don't believe that. What it says, I don't believe that. I do. Me too. Okay. Everybody said praise the Lord. Okay. So, here we are. We've got this feast day. It's come fully, full circle. And suddenly the Bible said there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, where about the 120 were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues or divided tongues like as a fire and sat upon each of them. So you've got a natural tongue and you've got a spiritual tongue, okay? Showing that the Spirit is going to come in as it did in verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they all began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. All right? Gave them the ability to do that. How do you do that? Well, we do that by God. Okay, one poor fellow that claimed to be a some kind of preacher of some kind of denomination, and he got so frustrated because every time he tried to go somewhere, the preacher gave him chapter and verse, and he just was stymied. He didn't know what to do. And so he finally got so upset, he said, well, you believe in speaking in tongues? And the preacher said, yes, I believe in speaking in tongues. So the false preacher said, well, then speak in tongues for me. And so the preacher looked at him and said, well, it said he's going to have dreams too, so dream me a dream. It's never been natural, okay? And only a, a natural person would make a statement like that. Just talk in tongues to me. That's ridiculous. I mean, I can talk in tongues to you, but it'll be as my spirit gives the utterance, and that's the difference, right? I mean, I can say, como está usted? That's a tongue. That's a language. I can say, como se va, monsieur? That's a tongue. That's a language. But that's as I do it, from my knowledge, and little it is. Okay? I've just exhausted my Spanish and my French. Okay? All right. So, you understand that, what I'm saying to you. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability to do so. So, when somebody tells you, come, uh, we're going to meet together, we're going to teach you how to speak in tongues, you run the other way. You get away from there, okay? You don't want any part of that nonsense. Okay, and that human, that's human spirit. You know, then you're going to get a, a tongue and an interpretation. The interpretation is going to be get you down off your high horse and repair. That's pretty stupid, isn't it? But that I, that's happened. People just human spirit, and they give their own ideas and their own ways of thinking. We want what God has. You know, you anybody can get something from whoever, but to get something from God now that's an accomplishment. That's really doing something. All right. So Acts 2, 1 through 4, we have read. Now I'm going to read you verse 14 of the same chapter. And here they've all been filled with the Holy Ghost. And then it begins to tell you all the different countries that were represented at Jerusalem that day when this took place. Here in Acts chapter 2, it's recorded. Verse 14 said, but Peter, because there were people in verse 13, others were mocking. And they said, these men are full of new wine. Then the scripture said, but Peter, standing up with the eleven. So they were all in one mind still, in one accord. Okay? So Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, to all the known world, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. And from verse 14, then to verse 38. So we're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of what would that be, uh, 15, 17 verses? And we're at verse 38. And then they ask him in verse 
37, listen closely, all this known world, they, they heard this, they were cut in their heart, and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? Okay? What they're saying is, you have just preached to us. You have just preached to us. I know they're good looking, but, you know, I'm better looking. So just stay up here. Focus. Okay? <laughs> they, uh, they were cut in their heart by the preaching. And that's what the Word of God is to do. It's to arrest your attention. It's to get your attention. And it's to pierce uh, all the, the, the callous of your heart and to get down to where you really live, okay? Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Okay, so I want you to hear what he said when they said to him, what shall we do? That's the place you've got to come to. You've got to come to where you want to know by chapter and verse what you're supposed to do, okay? What am I supposed to do? And this is what Peter said. Repent, everybody said repent, repent. and be baptized, every one of me, <laughs> in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and I shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's salvation, and that's being born again of water and the Spirit. Okay? All right. So. That's what the apostles got from Jesus. And that's what the apostles taught to everybody. That day, the whole known world, now there were no airplanes in those days, but the whole known world had traveled. That world that they knew existed, that the map represented, that had been drawn at that time. Those people, representatives of those countries, 17 plus nations, had come together to Jerusalem to worship. And here's when they witnessed what happened to these about 120 in this upper room of the church house, and how that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they all began to speak forth in other languages, and it was languages that these 17-plus nations could understand. God did that, and for the purpose of helping them to be convicted or cut in their heart so that they would want His salvation. They would see their need of His Salvation. That's why they said, how hear we every man in our own language the wonderful works of God. Okay? Okay. We have had instances of that. We've had, we had a, a woman come. And she received the gift of the Holy Ghost. She knelt right at the altar and was, had her hands up, and God filled her with the Holy Ghost. Her husband was in the service. They were brand new people. And the husband heard her speaking in other tongues or languages as the Spirit gave the utterance, and he jumped up, and he ran up, and he wanted to know how this could be, and they said, what do you mean? And they, he said, she's speaking in Latin, and he said, I studied Latin, and I know she doesn't speak Latin. Well, that's how it happens, by the wonderful works of God. It's by the Spirit of the Lord, which illustrates for you once again, somebody just doing something under their own knowledge, and their own steam, and their own power, versus somebody who does not have that knowledge and speaks forth. It's because God does it. Okay? We had a, a brother uh, that went to South America and he was having services and, and uh, he was praying. Had been there a while, maybe a couple of years, and he'd been praying about going to another 
continent to another country. Matter of fact, he had two countries on his heart in two different continents, and he couldn't get the mind of God on which one to go to. And so this night down in South America, he is preaching, and he, uh, he's torn between do I go to Africa or do I go to Spain, a certain country in, in Africa, and Spain. Couldn't get the mind. And so as he was preaching, he told it later that a woman came in and to the service, and that that night God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This woman was illiterate. She could not read or write her own language. And when God filled her with the Holy Ghost, now we're talking South America, which is predominantly a Spanish-speaking continent and a different dialects, of course, but a Spanish-speaking continent. And she was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and she spoke out in perfect English and told him exactly what country to go to. God answered his prayer through that woman when he filled her with the Holy Ghost. She did not know how to speak English, but God spoke through her in English so that he would have no doubt as to where he was supposed to go. God has his ways of doing miracles, okay? Everybody said praise the Lord. So, but we want God. We want God's spirit. We want God operating. We don't want human spirit. We don't want it as we do it. And we don't want somebody trying to teach us some natural way to do things. And then we've got other people who don't believe, like the Sadducees, who don't believe in anything. They don't believe in any moving of the Spirit. They don't believe in any miracle of God and any power of God. So here we have God who has created the heavens, both the heavens and the earth, and yet he can't, you know, all of a sudden he's got handcuffs on, he can't do anything else. He's, got a, he, he's, he's become powerless in some people's religion, some people's denomination. And it's sad that they go about and they claim that you're saved by faith, but all they do is teach unbelief. Okay? God, it, nothing is impossible with God. Okay? You read about miracles in this Bible, He still does those miracles today. All right? Everybody said praise the Lord. So Acts 32 and 38 is your most important verse in the whole Bible because in that one verse is the plan of salvation. So once again, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Your example of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost is back verses 1 through 4. That's your chief example. How they got the Holy Ghost, that's how you want to get there is no other way to get the Holy Ghost if you believe the Bible, okay? All right, then look at verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. If you're glad about the word of the Lord, then you're going to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And all your sins that you've repented of are going to be fully pardoned. That's what remission of sins means. It means a full pardon of your sins. Okay, so then they, among the 17 plus nations, they, that gladly, not grudgingly, but gladly, not sad, but glad, they that gladly received his word were baptized. <clears throat> and the same day, there were added unto them, the church, about 3,000 souls. That means 3,000 received the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's how the Lord adds to the church. You get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Everybody said amen. amen. All right. Then I want you to hear uh, this last verse, verse 42. And they, this is a very important verse for this lesson. And they, these 
people that were gladly receiving the word, people that were coming into the body of Christ, known as the church, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. It didn't, the doctrine did not change from day to day, okay? It's not the stock market, up one day, down the next. You know, never know what's going to happen. Economy's going crazy all over the world, okay? No, this is going to be something that you're going to stick with it steadfastly, okay? You're not going to waver in this. And so they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, all right? In the apostles' doctrine. We have showed you through this lesson where they got that doctrine from. So Jesus, who is, the Bible said, the author and the finisher of our faith and the captain of our salvation. He's the one that we got our beliefs from. He's the one that we got our teachings from. He gave it to those that he called to him and called them apostles. He named them apostles. Hence the word apostolic. They continued steadfastly in the apostles or the apostolic doctrine. So when you think of the word apostolic, you should think of doctrine, the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Okay? And as I read to you in 1 Timothy 1 and 3, now remember when you hit after the book of Acts, you come to Romans and Romans to Revelation. All of those are letters, epistles or letters or messages that were given to the church. As the church went out, and established new works. They began to evangelize. They left, they left the church of Jerusalem, but people went out from Jerusalem, sent by the apostles, going to other places, other countries, other towns, other cities, other provinces, other counties. And as they went, they established new works. As you read in Acts chapter 8, Philip went down to Samaria, and he preached Christ unto them. Okay? He didn't come down preaching some silly nonsense something he dreamed up all his own. He came and preached Christ. He came out from the apostle who came out from Jesus, and he brought them the same message. And hence, he brought them the apostolic doctrine. And everybody said, praise the Lord. So apostolic means to teach the beliefs that Jesus taught to the apostles. Okay? That's what it means. And everybody said, praise the Lord. We are apostolic today here, okay? We are apostolic because we continue. Everybody said continue. continue. We continue. That's what I just read to you from your Bible, that they continued steadfastly. They continued. They continued. They continued. No matter where they went, you read the book of Acts, everywhere they went, they brought the same message. They followed the same pattern. They brought the same doctrine or beliefs and teachings. They baptized people in Jesus' name and laid hands on people and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Okay? So, the Bible said right here, in all of these verses that I gave to you, that they, the church, continued steadfastly. We, today, are apostolic because we continue to believe and teach what Jesus began both to do and teach, as did the apostles. Okay? So we're following, how did Paul say it? Follow me as I follow Christ. Okay? He was an apostle, one born out of due season, the scripture said. Came along a little later. So let us go on. Jesus taught and he instructed the apostles to baptize people in his name. 
You can read that in Luke 24 and 47. Okay, he said, Jesus said that repentance and remission, full pardon of sins, was to be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And we have covered the beginning at Jerusalem this morning. And how that Peter, with the 11, and about 120 total, said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Okay? So, Jesus taught and instructed the apostles to baptize people in his name. Therefore, to continue in the apostles' doctrine or beliefs, we must, everybody said must, we must baptize people in the name of Jesus Christ. Also, Jesus taught them and instructed the apostles to receive the Holy Ghost. So must we today. We must follow the same example. We must follow the same pattern. And as we began this morning, and as we will end, 1 Timothy 1 and 3, writing to the church as the church was branching out. And he named a couple of places. And in naming them, he said, charge them. Would you please? No, that's not what that means. It said, charge them, okay, that they teach no other doctrine. This is the doctrine that Jesus gave to the apostles. This is the doctrine that the apostles taught. And the church continues to teach. Just as they continued steadfastly, so we continue steadfastly in the apostolic doctrine. So everybody said praise the Lord. So I hope now that you understand what it means when you say apostolic. Okay? And if you want to get funky with it, well, you can say apostolic. All right, everybody said hallelujah. Everybody said praise the Lord. You take that up. Let's stand together. Let's take a moment and ask God to put it in your heart this morning to believe this teaching that Jesus gave and that the apostles continued to give and that we, right today, continue to give. Raise your hearts with your hands. Jesus, open our understanding, every one of us, and allow us to retain your teachings, to retain your truth, to have this message, O Lord, deep in our hearts. Let it dwell richly in our hearts, Lord. Let us teach and preach and believe no other doctrine. Oh, dear God, every denomination can be named what country and what century and who started it. But we go back to you, Jesus. We go back to you. We trace it right to you, Jesus Christ. We thank you for those original teachings, that great truth, this holy message. I give you thanks and I give you praise and glory and honor. In the great name of Jesus Christ. Let's worship him. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good thing. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever.
are, yes you are. Lord, you are good things. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, you are good things. Lord, you are good things. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, you are good. Oh, God. 